I've been messing with this now for about four days, and it keeps changing on me. So we'll see what comes out. One of the things that I was very encouraged by was all your prayers, because you were praying right out of what my talk is about, which is always kind of interesting. I had a question from a dear friend who lives very close to me. What's different about us? Why are you all doing this? Why are you all sitting there on a Saturday morning? Why are you doing this? Why are you different from everybody else? And what does that difference mean? As I look around, I I know everybody in here, pretty much. And I've prayed with most of you. I've counseled with most of you. And one of the things I know is that you have got families that don't work. You've got loved ones that are not here with you that you really wish they would be. You've got children that have gone off somewhere else and they aren't with you. Some of you are unequally yoked. You're sitting here and your spouse isn't. Lots of you have financial problems. Lots of you have children who are sick. So if you've got all this stuff going on in your life, why are you doing this stuff? Because in many respects, it doesn't look like you're very different than anybody else. One of the things that you know, some of you are praying about it today, is the world is a really dangerous place. You've got right now, the Middle East is coming apart. You've got militant Islam on the march. Somebody prayed about terrorist bombings in China. The People's Republic, Workers' Paradise, and they're bombing each other. We've got people flooding over our southern border, and I guarantee you they're not all coming here to pick grapes. There are lots of people coming across the southern border that are not benign. It's a dangerous place. It really is. You don't have a choice about your life. You were born because God wanted you to be born. You had no choice in that. You have no choice about the fact that you're going to die. Everybody's going to. Assuming the Lord tarries, everybody's going to die. So you got no choice coming in and you got no choice coming out. But in between, you do have a choice. You have a choice whether your goal is going to be life or death. And one of the things that we're reading about in the news every day is there's a whole bunch of the world that has chosen death. They essentially worship death. You haven't. You've chosen life. Look at Jacob today. Jacob's life is a mess. He's one of the patriarchs. He's got a dysfunctional family. His father-in-law has taken advantage of him and cheated him every turn. He's stolen the blessing from his brother. Next Torah portion, his daughter is going to be lost to him for a while, and then the Torah portion after that, his favorite son is going to be lost to him because his brothers want to murder him. I will gently suggest that that is not the model of the ideal believer's life. Yet, he's the guy that got just a whole bunch of ink in the Bible, and he is the progenitor. One of the things that, and I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'll I'll mention it briefly, The business with the wealth, and we've talked about this before and some of you heard this. Here you have Jacob that goes and he finds three flocks of sheep gathered around a plugged up well. How many sons of Noah are there? Three, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And I will suggest that those three flocks are all of humanity and they're sitting around a stopped up well and they're waiting for Israel to come and unstop the well and let water flow into the world. And oh, by the way, Israel, when he does that, is a scoundrel. And it isn't until the end of his life that he finally makes something of himself. So as you're going through this life, 
You don't have any choice whether you came in. You don't have any choice when you go out. And furthermore, there's going to be a whole bunch of nasty stuff that's going to happen to you in the middle. And the question is, how are you going to live your life? Now, there's a couple of ways you can do it. Way number one is the way most of the world does it, which is you look at the dominant group around you and you join them. Because therein lies physical safety. ISIS is moving into your town. Ha! Huh! I've always been a Sunni Muslim. Ha! Huh? Because that will save you from getting your head cut off. And there's lots and lots of the world that does that. You didn't. You didn't make that choice. You've made another choice. There's a quote by Socrates that I kind of like. What he says is, the unexamined life is not worth living. So one of the things that everybody does is tries to figure out what this is all about. And a whole bunch of them have the philosophy of essentially he who dies with the most toys wins, which is go with the flow. Figure out what the dominant culture is doing and get with it because therein lies safety. Therein lies prosperity. That is the way that most of the world chooses. Anybody know Frank Peretti? Frank Peretti's great fun. But he wrote a bunch of stories that are kind of fun. They're young, teenager kind of Bible stories. And years and years ago, Kay and I went up to a conference up in Vail or Aspen or somewhere up there. And he, he did a, a skit, a sketch. And this is in the line of Socrates. And he says, you know, your average chicken doesn't worry about what it means to be a chicken. And he does this, you know, struts across, you know, what's it mean to be a chicken? You know, it's a very funny skit. It's, it's great fun. What I will suggest to you is most of the world is engaged in putting out chicken feed. In other words, most of the world are chickens. And most of popular culture and the rest of the world is putting out chicken feed to keep the chickens from contemplating what it means to be human. And as long as you can keep people thinking that they're chickens and where the next back of chicken feed comes from is what's really important, they're no threat, they're no danger. It's only when the chicken wakes up and says, wait a minute, there's more to life than chicken feed and starts to contemplate and try to figure out what it is that all this is about, that you become dangerous. As I say, you don't have any choice getting in. You don't have any choice getting out. And furthermore, everybody's got problems. And if you think you've got problems, just look at Jacob. Because he's got worse problems than you do. One of the things to understand that's really important is the journey between physical birth and physical death has got two components. It's got a purpose and it's got a destination. And many of you prayed this morning about, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeshua says that, and that's in John chapter 14. And there's a conversation in John chapter 15, where Yeshua says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and you know the way. And Philip says, actually, no, we don't. And so Yeshua says, well, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you think about that, the way is the path. Truth is what you're aiming for, but the destination of the journey is life. The journey that you're on has a destination. You're on a journey, but understand that the destination of that journey is life. 
And Moses, by the way, started us on that journey. What did Moses say in Deuteronomy 28? Choose life that you and your offspring may live. And it's important that it's not just you. It isn't just you that you are choosing life for. You are choosing life for your offspring. So Moses sets our feet on the path. And he said, the destination is life. Yeshua reiterates that in John 14, where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, as you're going through this, you can make two mistakes. Make lots of mistakes, but I'm just going to talk about two of them. Mistake number one is to be focused on the goal and neglect the journey. And there's lots and lots of people in the body of Messiah who have their eyes focused on the goal, I'm going to heaven. And they neglect the journey. Anybody ever heard the phrase, he's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good? That's somebody who has lost track of the journey and the importance of the journey by focusing on the goal. And that's a mistake. It's a fundamental error. The other error that you can make is lose track of the goal and focus on the journey. Because if you lose track of the goal, you can wander off in all sorts of strange places if you don't keep your eye on the goal. So there's two ways that a believer can blow it. Focusing on one to the exclusion of the other. And it doesn't matter which one you focus on. Either one's an error. What you've got to do is keep your feet on the journey while you are focusing on the goal. You've got to do both of them. Remember I said Moses said that you and your offspring may live. So when you have your focus on your offspring in addition to yourself, that's Moses' way of saying is you need to pay attention to the trip, the journey. Because if you're only focused on the end, you'll neglect the trip and your offspring won't get the same blessing that you have. Our goal is twofold. Of course, there's an eternal goal. The fact that our life doesn't end with physical death. But the other goal is temporal. And we have goals as we go along the way, and many of you prayed about that this morning. Let us hear people around us who don't understand, and let us reach out to them. Let us be an example for them so that they can come and understand, and they can get their feet on the path too. So if your goal is simply the end, you'll miss all those side opportunities. You'll miss your children. You'll miss other things. The nice thing about the tabernacle is it's a wonderful source of all sorts of things. Yeshua says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And you have, of course, three entrances in the tabernacle. The first gate from the world into the outer court represents the way. Once you come into that first gate, you are on the path. But then you have to come up against truth. And there's two components of truth. Component number one is sacrifice. You've got to kill the goat. And that requires facing up to the truth. The first entrance to that tent has how many pillars? Five. The entrance that you see first has five pillars. And of course, those are the five books of Moses. So when you say the way, the truth, what you have in the five books of Moses then is truth. And so what you have to do is you have to kill your goat and you have to face the truth. 
You have to face the truth about yourself. You have to face the truth about the world. That's what that first entrance into the tent represents. So the way you started moving by going through the first gate, you've made a decision. You put your feet on the path. Then you must come up against truth. And then once you have faced the truth, the next gate represents life. And how many pillars are there? Four. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospel. So he is the entrance, if you will, to life. So when Yeshua says he is the way, the truth, and the life, what he's talking about is the tabernacle. Now, how you come onto this path is a matter of temperament. And everybody here has a different temperament. Some of you were blessed enough to be born into a believing family and you grew up with it. Praise God. Some of you got yourselves into a real mess and you recognized that you weren't going anywhere you wanted to go by yourself and you reached out your hand and God took it. Praise God. Some of you came to it by studying. All sorts of ways to come into it. And furthermore, once you're in it, there's all sorts of ways to walk the path. None of us is walking the same. I was listening to your prayers this morning. I am not a very good prayer. Okay? My prayers are mechanical, just cut and dry. Tell them what you want. He heard you the first time and move on. Lots of you have wonderful, eloquent prayers. I don't. Some of you are really good at dancing and praise with dance. I don't. Some of you are really good at studying. I am. Everybody has a different temperament. And we have different temperaments because we all need companionship on the way. And again, you all prayed about that this morning. You cannot walk this alone. You need companionship. Now, you got three sources of companionship. Source number one is, of course, God himself. Because God says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. An unknowable God, in other words, a God that you cannot know, is functionally no different than no God at all. If it's impossible to know God, from your perspective, it doesn't matter whether there's a God or not. So what God has done is he has made a decision that he is not going to be an unknowable God. He is going to be a God that is involved in our lives. He's going to be a God that's involved in the world. And that's his decision. If he were an unknowable God, there wouldn't be anything we could do about it. It's sort of like if God didn't answer prayer, there's nothing we can do about it. But he does. And he is involved with us. And that's his choice. There's a line from C.S. Lewis that I really like. As my children were growing up, my wife would sit and read the C.S. Lewis books out loud. And so I've heard all of C.S. Lewis, I don't know how many times, there's a quote in there that I really like. And it's, God is not safe, but he is good. One of the things that you were all praying about today is when you choose to follow God and you choose to walk with God, your path is no longer safe in the world sense. Because he will put you in circumstances where 
He needs something done, and it isn't something that you would necessarily choose to do. So he's not safe, but he is good. And one of the things that Paul says that I like very much is that he is able to keep that that you have trusted to him. That doesn't mean that the life that you are living and the life you go through is without problems. It is absolutely guaranteed not to be. But what it does guarantee is that he is able to keep that which you entrust to him. So in that sense, he is your companion as you walk along the way. The next thing that you need is companionship, and you're all sitting here because you realize it, is a community. We have got temperaments all across the spectrum. And when one of us is drifting off into the weeds, there'll be four or five people that are not prone to that particular problem that'll sort of reach out and put an arm around you and sort of draw you back in. You need that. You need encouragement. You need help. You need guidance and teaching. You need people to pray for you. And you only get that in a community. And then the final thing that you need is you need a family. And that's different. The first thing that God says is low tov. It is not good for man to be alone. And so the greatest blessing then is a godly mate and a family that you can raise. Because you need all three of those things to walk this out. None of us can do it alone, no matter how tough we think we are. As you walk along the path, one of the things that you're going to run into, guaranteed, is difficulties and trials. And what those difficulties and trials are going to reveal is the truth about you. That's what they're designed for. So you can see the truth about yourself. Now, if you're like me, you're not going to pass every test. In fact, you may not even pass most of them. Jacob doesn't. Abraham didn't. David didn't. But what each of those tests does, or the guys that get all the ink in the Bible, is they reveal something about that person. And it's written down so we can see it. And the trials and tests that you go through, especially the ones that you fail, are going to teach you something about yourself. That's why you're going through them. So, I will say to you that the path and the goal are both important. The path is important because that's where you do the work of this life. So if you're just focused on the goal and you miss the path, you've blown it. The goal is important because that's how you gauge that you're moving in the right direction. So you've got to watch both of them. Paul says in Philippians 1.6, And I am sure of this, that he who begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Yeshua. So be encouraged that you are on the path and he will bring it to completion. Let us shine.